a life of regret and knowing that like, oh man, I could either like really dig in and drive and it's going to be tough for probably five to 10 years to kind of get past that hump and really, you know, see big things or, you know, do I want to commit to having to go to work for the next 30, 40 years? is up our fellow legacy ninjas imagine if you found yourself or you looked at relationships as an extension of who you are instead of making your relationship or whatever it is the center point for yourself and you're the extension off of that relationship it's the fact that relationships are meant to be there to help lift you up but also we look at them you can have temporary relationships that come into your life that allow you to learn, to allow you to grow, to allow you to find those lessons, become a better individual than what you were before. It's all a matter of how you view the relationship piece. So on this episode, I, I had the pleasure, Patrick was out, so I had the pleasure of interviewing Bradley Roth, who is the host of Not Most People podcast. And he was talking about his experience of going through the stages of a relationship with his fiance as an entrepreneur and then looking and finding and seeing that he was pursuing things that really didn't light him up. He was going and pursuing the things that other people told him, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to go pursue to be successful, to have the life that you want. As he's been on his journey, he's seen that that isn't true. You've got to go after what lights you up, what creates passion in your heart, but also the power of relationships and having that support system that we all need, but sometimes we don't have because we don't do an audit of who we surround ourselves with. So within this episode, we talked about going out and trying, looking for ways to enhance what you can do, what you can bring to the marketplace. And then of course, finding out what lights you up and pursuing that, chasing that. So after the episode, hopefully you take the time and look and audit the relationships that you have within your life and see if they are lifting you up or holding you down. Other than that, enjoy the episode and we'll catch you, our Legacy Ninjas, later. Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Legacy Digging Podcast with two native sons. Right now it's just myself, Patrick may be jumping on later and whatnot. But today we have the honor of having an individual that we met through one of the matching sites, Podmatch, uh, Bradley Roth, and taking a look at what he's doing, what he's stepping into, and the legacy that he's building is a unique thing when you look at everything that he's bringing to fruition. Bradley, when you look at what you're doing now with the legacy that you're wanting to build, what led you into what you're doing now with the podcast, the coaching piece? What made you step into that? And what do you see with the legacy that you're creating with that aspect? Yeah, that's a good question. I took a very indirect path to get here, I guess you'd say. I like I never expected to be doing what I'm doing now. Even if you asked me like a year or two ago, I would have said, there's no way that's what I'm going to be doing. I started after college in the market in uh fitness industry. That's what I went to school for. And I worked at a gym for about five years, but it was part-time. And so I started to look for other things on the side to kind of complement that income. I was like, I don't really have a whole lot of 
skills or interests outside of fitness, or at least I didn't at the time. I was maybe a little bit one-dimensional in, in that regards at the time. And so I said, what can I do? I jumped into real estate, being a, you know, I got my realtor's license and I did that for a little bit. I got, I dabbled in network marketing, getting into these things that were kind of like semi-entrepreneurial. I had to figure out some of those skills that I was lacking. So like when it came to marketing, sales, time management, like all of those things I hadn't really used or developed. And so I started to kind of dig into some of those areas, which led me towards personal development and all of that. Just, I don't know the exact sequence, but one thing led to another, led to another. And that kind of all led to uh, like a combination of personal development and finding out about entrepreneurship, which really, I didn't even know what that was until my early twenties. You know, me and my fiance at the time, this was three, four, four years ago about, we decided that we don't want to stay in Connecticut where we were. We wanted to do the travel nurse thing because she's a, she's a nurse. And so I said, okay, I can't do real estate here. I'm leaving the gym. Network marketing, I could do everywhere, but I don't really, I found out that wasn't really my, my legacy, right? My long-term. So I said, what can I do? And I said, oh, well, I like social media. I like marketing. I'll start social media marketing for local businesses. And so I jumped off the deep end with that. I had no backup plan. I had no experience in a real business. I was as green as can be. And uh, in a lot of ways, naive at the same time, I said, mm. oh, everyone needs this. In a few months, I'm going to have all these clients and it's going to be great. And of course, it doesn't quite work out that way. <laughs> you learn that the hard way. So yeah. uh, I definitely, we, we still... I started it a little bit before we left town, but, and, and I was like, Oh, I can do it anywhere, but it was also based around local businesses. So kind of building relationships and stuff. So it really didn't transfer that well because it was like, okay, we're going here for three months and then somewhere else for three months. You can't really build those. It's really hard to build those relationships that you need to work with local businesses. And so I was like, it's remote, but it's not really as remote as I'd like. So I kind of pivoted more into like Facebook ads and then eventually into chat marketing and chat bots. And, you know, that was cool. But the whole time I kind of felt like I didn't really feel like lit up by it, if you know what I mean. And back in 2018, I discovered Tony Robbins, like, you know, many people have. And first I read one of his books and I was like, wow, light bulb moment, light bulb moment. Like it was just, I was learning so much about myself and about other people that I was like, Oh, I understand why I do this now, or I did that and understanding my behaviors. And I went to it. We went to an event together, one of his main big four day events, uh, March of 2018 out in California. And I know like the term life changing gets thrown around a lot, but that was like a huge kind of jumping off point for me. Like I was already starting to get interested in personal development, but there is where it kind of really skyrocketed to another level. I really started geeking out on understanding psychology and communication and behaviors and, and all that kind of stuff. And so as I'm working on the marketing business, I'm always kind of like consuming that stuff regularly on the side. I don't know what I was going to do with it. I just found it fascinating. And I mean, obviously it translated into improving myself as a person, but I didn't, I didn't really conceptualize like how I was going to ever do it as a business for a career. So I'm just learning it where, we traveled 
to South Carolina for a few months. And then we went to Arizona and we're still here in Arizona two and a half years later. We didn't end up doing the travel nurse thing for too long, but so we've been out here and as I go through the marketing, you know, I had this concept, not most people. It came to me a few years ago, I think. I don't know exactly when, but as I was reading and getting into personal development and following these people who I considered to be highly successful, I kept finding that everything that they were saying and doing and recommending was very different than everything I'd been told most of my life by, you know, friends and school system and society in general. And so I said, okay, most people aren't really healthy. Most people aren't really wealthy. Most people really aren't that happy. So why would I want to be, think and live like most people? And that was just kind of the general logic behind it. And so I had this concept, not most people, no idea what it was going to be. At first I started an Instagram page because I liked Instagram, but then I found that like the depth I wanted to go to people don't really want on Instagram most of the time. So I kind of tabled it for a while. I didn't know what I was going to do. And then late last year I got into uh, an entrepreneur mastermind called the Arate Syndicate led by a couple of really big uh, entrepreneurs and got in there and I had been following their podcasts. They both had, you know, top podcasts in the world basically and I thought podcasts were only for like celebrities or, you know, multimillionaires and that sort of thing. And I got into this group and like all these people who I consider to be, you know, kind of normal people had their own podcasts. So I said, okay, that's, that's kind of interesting. And then I got invited onto one as a guest, the first one to talk about marketing. And it was real short. I was nervous. Didn't go that well. I was like, I don't know about this podcasting thing. And, uh, and to backtrack my whole life, I was like super, super stage fright. Like mm. I get up in front of public speaking and I'd shake and sweat. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't sleep for like a week leading up to it. If I knew I had to do it. And I got over that a lot with coaching because I wanted to be a coach so bad, like fitness coaching, like when I got mm. out of school. And so I was like, all right, I have to just kind of like eventually get better at it. And after, you know, a couple of years, I was, I was decent at commanding a fitness class, but then like the thought of putting my voice out there and creating content and being like a you know thought leader or whatever you want to call it. That's like a whole nother level, you know? And, mm. and so that wasn't even on my radar, but I, so I went on this podcast, didn't go that great. I got off. And then it was also about marketing, which again, I was doing, but it wasn't like, I didn't get that jazzed up about it. So that was kind of almost like a sign or a signal at that point. And then I got invited onto another one. And this one was more about kind of like entrepreneurship journey and your story and that sort of thing. And I get on and like an hour plus later, we're still rolling. Feels good. Kind of almost a little bit of flow. And I got off of that back in last November and I said, okay, that was, that was great. That was fun. Uh, not most people is going to be a podcast. And that's when I hmm. made that decision. And again, even like a few months before that, like a year ago from today, like having a podcast wasn't even on my radar. So it's, it's kind of crazy how fast things can shift, change, or, you know, one conversation can kind of totally change your trajectory. And I said, okay, I'm going to launch this thing by January. And it took me till mid-March because as you know, there's a lot that goes into a podcast uh, uh-huh. behind the scenes. So I finally launched. My plan was to do that and the marketing business. Uh, and like, because I had it in my mind that if I stopped my marketing business, that I failed or I was a failure or, you know, that I had to basically see it through to completion, even though I didn't really want to. 
And, you know, that, that was somewhere I'm a very logical person and I was listening too much to my brain or my head versus my gut. You know, my gut was telling me like, you know, maybe this isn't what you're meant to be doing. And so I started the podcast, got off to a pretty good start. Uh, I was able to take a lot of that stuff I learned in marketing over the last few years and really transfer it into podcasting and got some really good guests on right away. That made it really easy for me as a host. Got off to a hot start with the podcast and I started getting all this feedback and I found myself spending more and more time on that and less and less and less on the marketing. And then I think it was about a month or two in, I said, you know what? Or I've known for a while that where I want to be long-term is in the personal development and coaching space. Okay. I'd kind of been like telling myself, you know, once I see this through, then I can go do what I want, you know, versus just doing it. Why am I going to like beat myself up over this and kind of like push against the resistance? You know, I'm going to be in coaching sooner or later. So I'll make the switch now. I just made the switch with the podcast. They're not exactly the same, but there's some overlap, you know, kind of similar connecting with people and, creating content and that kind of stuff. And so I kind of made the like, almost like kind of two big moves at once. Yeah. The last six months have just been kind of working on building those things up, creating a following, really figuring out what my brand is, the long-term picture and, and all that stuff. And I think that's very important because I see a lot of people jump into podcasting or coaching and there's no like kind of big vision or end goal. It's just like, Oh, I'm going to do this because in front of me and it's available and that sort of thing. And, and that's, why you see so many drop out early. Like mm. if you if you make it to 20 episodes in your podcast, you're in the top less than 5%. You know, most people like everyone drops out because they don't have that like big why, overarching why early on. You know, it started as a passion project. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this podcast for fun because I feel like I have a message to share. And then, like I said, quickly, it's become much, much more than that. You know, I got like courses now for people launching podcasts got clothing coming on the way, building a community. And I learned with all my marketing that I had to niche down because mm -hmm. I fought that for a long time with my marketing business and it didn't get me anywhere. So you can't be everything to everyone. And so, especially in a, in a really crowded space like coaching, you have to find a way to kind of like differentiate. I had a background in health and fitness. I was like, I could do health coaching, but there's about 8 million of them on Instagram already. So maybe I don't want to do that. And then, you know, I was fascinated with, I felt like I didn't really have the results to, I knew I could help people like in the business area, but I was like, I don't really have the results to feel fully credible on paper to do that yet. You know, relationships, right. When you talk about like that health, wealth relationship triad, I was like relationships. You now we've been together for six years now, me and my fiance, and we've been through a lot of ups and downs and she's got, you know, kind of the, the steady income and I'm like the high risk uncertain entrepreneur side of things. And, I started seeing all these things that people were dealing with in their relationships. And I was like, Oh, we've been through that. Oh, we kind of figured that out. Yep. We we've been there. And so I was able to kind of take the experience plus all this other stuff I've been learning on the side about psychology and communication, and all that, and merge it all together. I niched into relationship coaching for entrepreneurs who are already in long-term relationships. That's kind of my like niche within the niche. So that's, that's basically brings me, that's my long-winded answer to <laughs> where we are now. When I'm listening to that, and so for myself and Patrick within the legacy digging community that we've created, the individuals, we've called them legacy ninjas, because when you think about it, sometimes extracting that 
legacy takes some soft effort and some hard pushes sometimes but it is the fact that sometimes it creeps up on you and you don't realize it and then once it hits you it's okay let's start extracting and whatnot but i find that unique when you listen to the journey that you've been on and everything that you've taken into account and what you're building now i think that's proof for somebody that's listening to this as legacy ninja that you can make the pivot that if it doesn't light you up and you want to do something different, go find what that is. Take the skill sets that you have that you've already extracted and you've built upon and utilize that to make a foundation for that push to the passion of what you want to do, what you want to bring to the community, to the workplace, to society, whatever it is. And so I think that's a huge thing right there that what you shared with making those pivots and really fine-tuning what it is for you. I think that's huge. And so when you look back on everything that you've been on and what you're bringing to the forefront now, when you look at the legacy that you're wanting to create, and that's the thing for yourself, two parts here, how do you see everything that's intertwining now leading to the bigger picture, the relationship pieces, like you talked about entrepreneurs and being in a long-term relationship how that can impact what you're doing in that relationship if you don't have the support. But then when you look at it for yourself, what is the idea or what does legacy entail for you? What is that big picture for you when it comes to the idea of legacy? Real quick, I, I want to touch on the whole pivoting thing because I think there's an important distinction between pivoting in terms of like shiny object syndrome where you're bouncing around and trying different things and not and that versus pivoting after giving something like a real legit six months plus at least like hard effort, you know, like it's not saying like, Oh, get into something for a month and I'll try something else. Like I spent three years in that marketing business before I decided to switch over. So I gave it like more than that kind of honest try. Right. And just something to think about, like, it's easy to listen to that and say, oh, okay, yeah, I'm just going to switch gears with whatever I'm doing. It's like, you know, only do that if you've really kind of seen through what you're working on now. So that's just a quick distinction I wanted to make. Yeah. And, and to answer your question in terms of kind of what does that legacy look like? When I think of legacy, I look to kind of my mentors, maybe not direct mentors that I, like, I don't know Tony Robbins personally, but I consider him to be like a mentor of mine. Same with Andy Frisella and Ed Milet, who were head of the RTA syndicate. You know, I look at the impact that they're making and you look at the impact of the lives that they've changed in one way or another. And so that's kind of like what I strive for. And I say, you know, I look at, I don't know if you've ever seen Tony speak or whatever, but he's probably one of the best communicators of all time. And he just has kind of like, you know, he's six, six, big present, like deep voice and high energy. And, you know, Andy Frisella is a very high energy, like kind of same, similar in a lot of ways. And so I look at those guys and it's figuring out like how to, how to do what they do, but like in your own way. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to be that super animated, huge, like presence in that way. Like these guys are like, I'm, I'm kind of more even keel. If I try and go and be that, like it's inauthentic, it's not going to work. And so it's kind of figuring out, like it's becoming self-aware, like be, figuring out what you're good at and what your gifts are or, you know, what gifts you can develop, figuring out like, okay, what, what can I do with this? to kind of create a similar impact. So for me, you know, it's, it's kind of like if you looked at a spectrum of, of content, there's like high energy, like entertainment. And then there's kind of like nitty gritty, like information and that sort of thing. And you know, ideally you kind of cross them over, but 
most people tend to ski one way or the other. So mm-hmm. like, I'm not a Tony Robbins guy or Andy for but I sound maybe like a, like say maybe more like a Tim Ferriss when it comes to podcasting, right? Like being very insightful, thoughtful, getting people to say, hmm, I never thought of it that way. I know that's kind of, that's my angle, at least right now. And so both within the podcast and within the relationships, it's, you know, the, the big vision, the big goal is to, you know, to still be a speaker and to still have events and that kind of stuff. Like that's, that's kind of the grand vision, but on a smaller scale, it's really just getting people to think differently and to kind of get rid of a lot of misconceptions out there. So like I said, with not most people, all these things I was reading, I was like, man, like this isn't lining up with everything I've always been told by society. And then relationships, there's so many things that were kind of like subconsciously taught by Hollywood. And most people don't have any sort of formal like mentor or someone to mirror or model like in that area. And so we grow up kind of believing these things about relationships that aren't necessarily true. And so it's kind of like, I'm just trying to correct all these things are kind of like, like create light bulb moments for people. I love having light bulb moments myself and being like, oh, wow, like, you know, that one little distinction could totally change my life, like knowing it versus not knowing it or that sort of thing. And so that's kind of like what I, right now I'm striving to create is just more of those, more of those moments for people. So with not most people, it's a lot of really driven, successful, unconventional thinkers who maybe normally feel very alone in life. Like no one else thinks like me and you know, I want to do these big things and no one else does that I know. And so kind of like creating that community of those like-minded, not most people, people. And so, you know, that's part of it. And then, so, so it's really just kind of, I don't know, creating these, these moments and these realizations for people on a really basic general level is, is what I'm going for. And then just, you know, increasing the magnitude as time goes on. So building out that community and apparel and events and courses and masterminds and all this stuff and just making it, taking that impact that's happening right now and just expanding it. Hmm. No, and I think finding that community and start creating that community of individuals that aren't thinking within a box aren't thinking the normal aspect that a lot of people fall into that's huge because that community there can make a lot of impact a lot of waves and really start the transition period to really help people get unstuck um, which is a huge thing but I think it also comes down when you look at it is people wanting to do that work to want to get unstuck and I think there are a lot of people that are searching but sometimes trying to ask or say hey I need help or I need somebody to be there and assist with whatever, it can be tough because the ego gets in the way. And then we start questioning ourselves and end up really selling ourselves short. And so it's interesting when you think about the relationship piece, because really my journey that I started for podcasting was went through a divorce and then ended up finding a co-host and launching a podcast, uh, The Journey Beyond Divorce, which now it's kind of dwindling down. I've done enough healing and I'm at the point. But one of the things that I really hit on when I talk to people, especially men that have gone through divorce, is you've got to complete yourself and then other parties, your significant other, anybody of that is somebody that's a complimentary piece to who you are. And so when you look at everything that you're going through, the support that you have with your fiance. Where are you at in regards to viewing yourself to 
work on yourself to complete yourself. And then your fiance is a complimentary piece to who you are. Where are you at in that spectrum and that scope for yourself with what you're trying to bring into the space of your uh, relationship coaching with entrepreneurs and what they're trying to accomplish within being in a relationship? Yeah, it's interesting because I think when we first started uh, dating, I didn't really know myself on nearly the same level I do now. I think a lot of, in a lot of ways, it was the same for her. So it's, it's been, you know, and you hear it all the time, like kind of growing together. And I found that my self-awareness and my growth has grown like exponentially year over year for the last probably five years. And there's a direct correlation between that and the health of our relationship. So as I've kind of figured out who I really am, that allows me to kind of step into, be confident in that and step into that, which is kind of helps me kind of take on that masculine presence that I kind of didn't really have figured out for a long time. And so when I'm able to do that, then she's able to kind of balance off that and relax and into her feminine. And that's how we create that polarity and that balance. And, you know, for a long time, like I said, early on, I was like, Oh, don't worry, babe. Like six months from now, we'll be making this much a month and six months passes. And like, ah, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> you know? And uh, so there was a lot of kind of tension there. There's a lot of times that, you know, she would start, even though like she's my biggest supporter, like, you know, naturally you start to doubt someone after enough kind of times of that happening and whatever she doubted, I probably doubted myself double a lot of times. I never let myself quit or give in no matter how, like, you know, people, people think that entrepreneurs like that they don't want to quit. And it's like, <laughs> we want to quit all the time, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. almost every day. Like I keep mentioning Andy Frisella, he, he posted on his story recently. He said, you know, the first he's been, he's had his business for like 23 years now for a first form giant supplement company. He said for the first 10 years, when to quit every hour of every day, you know, once they kind of pass a certain level there, then, you know, he only wanted to quit every other day. And then once it got better, he only wanted to quit, you know, maybe once a week he thought about it. Mm. And then as it got more successful, he thought about quitting you know, less and less. He said, now he thinks about it. Maybe he still thinks about it, but not like as seriously, you know? And so, and so it's like, especially early on, you don't have the results to lean back on and, and you're just, like confidence comes from results and you don't have those results. It's kind of like, you almost have to fake it to your, make it to yourself, like convince yourself that it's still, you know, worth pursuing and it's going to be okay. And that sort of thing. And so it's like, and that internal dialogue is, is nuts, but I always refuse to do that because I said, if I give in, I'll regret it forever and I'll be down on myself and I'll never become who I'm meant to become. And that's not just hurting me, but that's going to hurt her, Mm. you know, because what that means is, okay, I go get a nine to five. Our chances of becoming wealthy are very, very little, you know, the chances of kind of creating that dream life and that sort of thing, very, very low. And so I'm like, this is basically for both of us kind of the only way. And that's, that's what I would come back to. And that's what would keep me going when I really thought about throwing in the towel a lot of times, and I still think, I still think about it, but at least now I'm kind of like more aligned. I feel in a lot of ways. And so I feel good about 
where things are headed, even though I'm still got a ways to go in terms of showing itself in the bank account and that kind of thing uh, in a big way. But, but that was always kind of how I got leverage on myself to keep going was telling myself that like, Hey, you know, this, this sucks sometimes, but what's the alternative, a life of regret. And knowing that like, Oh man, I could either like really dig in and drive and it's going to be tough for probably five to 10 years to kind of get past that hump and really, you know, see big things or, you know, do I want to commit to having to go to work for the next 30, 40 years? Heck no, (laughs) you know? And so that's, that's how I always kind of came back and pushed myself to keep going. But yeah, in terms of your relationships though, it's, you know, your relationship can, can either totally pull you through. Like if you're, if that relationship's a true, like giving relationship, like where you give more than you take, and it's more about the other person than yourself. And then, you know, that could be hugely, hugely helpful. Like, I don't know where the heck I would be right now without her and kind of carrying the load financially at times, you know, cause she's got that steady income and versus someone like, you know, it's hard enough as it is to try and kind of start something from scratch. And if you have someone here that you're with and they're dragging you down and, you know, that's sort of, it's, it's only going to make it 10 times harder. You know, there's, there's a lot that goes into picking the right person. That's hugely important. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing maybe when to let go, but I also see a lot of people, and things or things, you know, quote unquote, don't work out that could have. That's what I try to like work with. Like that's the kind of people I try to work with is those, those people who are like, man, we're having problems and, you know, things could be a lot better. They're not like they used to be and that sort of thing. But I see potential and I see, oh, like if you guys can just kind of figure out a couple of these communication things, like you're golden. Like most people are so much closer to that than they realize. And it's just about putting in the work, putting in the time and you know, one of the giant misconceptions that I kind of drives me nuts that I always talk about is like being proactive versus reactive. Like people in relationships think that love and attraction is supposed to carry everything. And that only works very early on, right? That like honeymoon phase and then the things change, right? And it's like, you wouldn't wait until, it's, it's like waiting until you're super overweight to go to the gym. Like say you, you get in a relationship and things are going well, it's early on. That's like being in good shape. And so wouldn't you rather maintain that than saying, oh, let's, uh, let's just coast and glide. And then, you know, when we're hundred pounds overweight, then we'll go to the gym. You know, like it doesn't make any sense or like, oh, here we are financially. We're good. Let's stop. Let's not work on it. And then go have to figure it out. We're on the, on the verge of bankruptcy. No, but people like kind of take that mindset into the relationships. And that's why you see so many couples who like, they don't really do anything actively to work on until it's like, we're on the verge of divorce. Let's go to therapy or counseling. And so it's creating this like proactive relationship. And you know, that's something that's been made a like, huge, huge difference for us. And it really does, it takes less than you would think. But again, like the earlier on and the more proactive you can be, you know, later on, it's really hard to dig yourself out of that hole. Mm-hmm. And so getting ahead of things, having those difficult conversations, because we tend to believe that, you know, we love our partners and so we don't want to hurt them. And if we bring up certain things, it may hurt them, but in the long run, you're hurting both of you guys. And obviously it doesn't mean just like bring things up and be mean and whatever, but like things that need to be talked about 
got to talk about them because otherwise resentment builds up and then it tends to come out in a much more unpleasant way later on. It's kind of like that steam builds and then the top blows. And that was kind of our pattern for the first three, four years of our relationship is we would kind of avoid some of those things because we didn't really know how to approach them. We hadn't had experience working through those things. And then eventually it would just like kind of all come out in a, you know, like one little thing could set you off. And then a couple of years ago, you know, one book that was hugely instrumental for me and for us was The Way of the Superior Man. And that kind of really explained to me what masculine and feminine, what that means and those dynamics and what it really means to be masculine. And there was a lot of ways, again, light bulb moments that I wasn't being that way. And I said, oh, wow, okay, this is making sense. And so I started to kind of like put some of those things into practice and the play. And we started having those conversations like, killing the monster while it's small, like having those conversations. And so now it's like something comes up, like we talk about it pretty much right away. Hmm. Um, we're not perfect. We still got work to do, but it, we rarely have those things that kind of like eventually boil over. And, and then we also started proactively doing things together, like scheduling a weekend away every month or two, uh, getting random surprise gifts for each other here and there, just because I kind of like those things that hit on different love languages if you're familiar with those and, you know, picking a book to read together, like a relationship kind of based book, read it together, not to like story time together, but like, we'll each read it and then talk about it later. But like implementing things like that, even though we don't do them as consistently as we would like, still make a huge difference first compared to like not doing them at all. Hmm. I don't even totally remember what the original question was, but I hope that <laughs> was related to it. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting because as we talk, you share something that may resonate with somebody differently than how I present it or how Patrick may share it. And so I think that's the beauty of these type of interviews. The podcast is coming and having somebody come on and present it in a different light. And it may resonate that way than what it's been before. So I think that's huge, just sharing those little nuggets. And I think a legacy ninja that's listening to this and they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. My relationship stuck and whatnot is taking the deep dive and listening to what you've shared on a couple of those things and just extracting a couple of things that they can implement and test and see if that works out. Because I think sometimes people will listen. They're like, man, this is what it was said. So I got to do it this way. And it's like, no, like it's not set in stone. Find those nuggets for you that work for you and go that route and then come back and see if there's another nugget that maybe you didn't hear before because your mind wasn't ready for it, but it's expanded and it's ready to receive that nugget. So I think that's huge and that's powerful to help people out with that one. As you're building the legacy, as you're working, because I know one of your episodes, you talked about how it's not set in stone, it's life pivot and you move and you grow and move forward. But right now, when you look at what you're doing, uh, how are you going about to live out the legacy that you're building and you're creating and that you're wanting to leave behind once you're gone? I think a big part of that is putting yourself in a leadership position. Like when you decide that you're going to build a community, like you naturally have to kind of embody that leader. And so it's like not most people is all these things that I want to be in my life and help other people be so it'd be pretty dang hypocritical if I'm not living that way myself, right? It's it's like you ever hear about someone getting like a promotion or moved up at work to where they have a lot more responsibility and they step up to the plate, they step up to the challenge. And 
it's kind of putting yourself in those positions where you, where you have to, because you know, willpower is not nearly as important as your identity. Mm. And so if you can shift your identity into being someone that creates a legacy, someone that's a leader, whatever that might be to you, if you can truly change your identity internally to that, you're always going to follow your identity, what you believe yourself to be mm. um, versus just willpower. Like, Oh, I'm going to do this once in a while, but that's not really who I am. You know? And so it's like doing those things that, and it's not like your identity is going to like, shift like that necessarily permanently. So it's kind of like, you have to, it's like, it's like creating a habit. Like you have to take those actions that are aligned with the identity that you want until that becomes who you are. Hmm. So I think creating that identity for yourself of I building a legacy, I'm a leader, I'm changing lives in this way or that way. You, that has to become you long-term. Otherwise you're going to just do something for a little bit and then maybe go do something else. And you're never really going to like, you know, it's, it's like all the cliches. You climb a mountain one step at a time, you build the house one brick at a time. And it's like, so right now it's just, it's still very early in a lot of ways. And it's just every day trying to make a little bit of progress, a little bit of progress. And then eventually, you know, once I kind of have, make some more money from it, I, then I can start to hire people and start to really like exponentially build and grow and expand that. So right now it's just like one foot in front of the other, especially because early on, it's like things don't move as fast as you want to all the time. Uh, especially when it's kind of just you or a really small team, just continue. It's like the boulder, like you're pushing like a really, really, at the beginning it's real, real slow. And then eventually that thing gets rolling and it starts to just speed up and speed up and gain more momentum. That's kind of like with anything you're starting that's new, all the cliches, all the principles, they all really apply to this, you know, like, building a legacy, building a business. It's, it's all the same principles and you have to have that big long-term vision and picture. And that's something that's, that's like, man, when I talk to a lot of people who are like kind of lost or unsure where they want to go or whatever, it's like, okay, what's your compelling future look like? Well, I don't know. Like what's your life look like in 10 years, 20 years, what's your family look like? What's your health look like? What's your house look like? What are you doing day in and day out? And, you know, all these things, and most people have no idea. So I'm like, well, how are you going to get somewhere you want to be if you don't know what that is? Mm. And so it's like really taking that time to, and it's one of those things that like most people, you ask them to think about it and they're like, huh, I have no idea. (laughs) You know, like I never sat down and thought about it. Mm -hmm. And it's like getting in the car and just driving versus having a destination. You know, it's like, how do you, how do you know you're going to end up somewhere that you like if you just take off and go and just kind of see what happens, right? Like you have to have that end goal, that end destination in mind. And so that's such a huge, huge step for people, especially when you talk about creating a legacy, you have to really have that dialed in. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people know what they don't want more than they know what they want, mm. you know, because they, oh, I don't like this. I hate this. Okay, cool. But what do you, what would you rather, like, what do you want to replace that with? What do you want to move towards? And you have to define that and spend time defining that. And it's not something that's going to take an hour and you're going to have it figured out. Like you have, you, you might have some very kind of general or yeah, some very general things early on that, you know, you want, 
but like the more specific you can be like your brain and the law of attraction, not to get woo or anything, but responds to specificity mm. very well. So getting specific. And so one thing that I got from another mentor of mine, MJ DeMarco, who was like, an, he writes books about entrepreneurship, uh, highly recommend checking them out, but he, he has you create a, it's called a 10, five, one plan of C. So plan and fantasy kind of combined. And so you start 10 years out and you say, okay, what does my life look like in 10 years? What am I doing? Where do I live? What do I drive? How much money do I have in the bank? Where am I traveling? Who do I spend my time with? Like, you know, the, the more, again, the more categories and the kind of more specific, the better fill that out say, okay. So that's kind of like your big picture 10 years. You could, you can even extend it out to 20 if you want. And then, you know, but 10 years, like if you just have that 10 years, it's so far out in a way you can't really, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make mm. sense. It's kind of like trying to, trying to think about like how far away the stars are. Like you can't really like wrap your mind around it. And so you, and so you say, okay, this is where I want to be in 10 years. Where do I need to be in five years to be halfway on that trajectory to be there? So you say, okay, what does that look like in five years? Okay. Then you go break that down. Okay. A year from now, where do I need to be? Okay. And then once you have that year, a year, we can pretty much conceptualize. And mm-hmm. so then you take it month by month and say, okay, what do I got to get done this month? And then you go week, day, right. And all that. And so it's just kind of just this reverse engineering of that big picture dream or goal. And uh, so that's, that's a super kind of simple way to, to start going about that. But that's like step one for people in life in general, whether it's you just want to be happy or you want to create a big legacy. If you want to create your legacy, and I, I have like my 20 year vision and, you know, end of life. Like I picture when I think of legacy, like really what it like boils down to, I'm like, how many people are going to be at my funeral? Mm-hmm. Like, that's something I think about, you know, like that's, indicative of impact and how many people you touched and that sort of thing. So that's something I think about um, occasionally. And that kind of brings me back to keeping that long-term perspective, not to be like morbid or anything, but, but that's something I think I'm like, man, that'd be really freaking cool to have like, you know, 10,000 people at your wedding or not your wedding gear. That'd be cool too, <laughs> but your, uh, your funeral. So that's something I think about when I think legacy. No, I think uh, the thinking about the end, end time getting ready to potentially not be on planet earth anymore. A lot of people will shy away from that just because death is not something that a lot of people want to talk about, but it is really thinking about what does that look like? Like you talked about how many people are showing up at your funeral um, because that was the impact that you had. But I think it's unique because while you had talked about things not moving as fast as you wanted to move, I think one thing that a lot of times people overlook is if it's not moving as fast as you want it to move, there's some things here that you have to still work on to get to that level of what you're trying to achieve. And so don't get down on yourself. See what that is. Do the deep dive and say, okay, what is it that is potentially holding me back from getting to that next level? Because I think a lot of people that get to that next level that aren't ready and haven't gone through everything that they need to, it can be a shock to them because they're like, oh my goodness. And then they're freaking out. And so I think it's one of those perseverance things it's not fun sometimes but it is prepping you for that next level whatever you're trying to get to and so I think that's huge for just kind of somebody to sit down and really say okay understand it's not moving as fast as I want to but don't give up on it and keep pushing on like you talked about is that perseverance and just building the foundation to build upon going forward 
Yeah, it, it's uh, that identity comes back into it. If you come into money or you make a bunch of money, but your mindset, your identity is still that like, I'm this broke person, eventually you will find a way to revert back to that person. Like you'll, you'll blow the money or you'll, you know, whatever, you'll end up back where you believe you should be. And so again, it goes back to doing that work to shift your identity. Like you said, things never move as fast as we want them to. And that's why we have to come back to that big vision. Mm. That's why, that's why uh, two thirds of podcasts never make it past 13 episodes. Mm. As people start, oh, I'm not getting listeners I wanted. Oh, this isn't leading to anything else right away. And, you know, and so they look at like just what's right in front of them. Whereas like, I'm like, I have a much bigger vision for this. Mm-hmm. And so on those weeks where I'm like, man, I don't feel like editing or I'm tired. I don't want to promote it or whatever. It's, this is just one of those steps to get to that long, you know, that big picture goal. Mm-hmm. So I got to do it. You know, because that's, that's like what really is motivates those big things. You know, that's what we're like, you know, whether some people it's like material things. Oh, I want to drive a Lambo or have a massive house. You know, for me, it's, I want to be able to travel the world and hang out with like, open my phone and text any, uh, anyone who's like right now I look at as a mentor and be like, mm-hmm. Hey, you want to like hang out? You know, like that's, that's what I'm like, Oh, that'd be so freaking cool. You know? Yeah. And for, so that's different for everyone. You have to figure out what that is, but there's something out there that's like super motivated. You know, so someone may be super motivated by like that car poster on their wall. It may be like freedom or security or, you know, spending time with their family, those things that, you know, so it's different for everyone. So you have to figure out what that is because that's, what's going to keep you going through those harder times because if you just like put those singular things in like in a vacuum, your willpower is going to run out, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like doing that action when it gets really boring, you've got to have some leverage. You've got to have something that's going to keep you moving forward or be painful to stop or give up. And like I said earlier, for me, it was all those times I want to quit and it still comes up all the time. I go back and say, you know what, if I quit, I'm going to have regret. 20 years down the road, I'll be wondering what if there's no chance I'm going to be living my dream life in the next five to 10 years. Like I want to, and you know, Nancy's going to have to be a nurse for a long time instead of retiring her. And you know, all these things run through my head. And mm-hmm. so that's how I'm kind of always gaining that leverage on myself, but it starts with having that understanding of who you are and what you want in that big picture. No, I think that's huge. Just having that future visioning piece and just focusing on that, that will allow you to draw, but that's also putting that energy out there mm-hmm. because what you focus on expands. And so it just goes in key with what you're talking about here and highlighting as you're looking at everything that you're doing, everything that's going to fruition, the legacy that you're building, we like to highlight gratitude for our guests. And so when you look for yourself, what are some situations that you're grateful for, um, who are some individuals that maybe you haven't said thank you to for what they've done? What are some of those things for you? Um, because the power of gratitude, a lot of people don't realize how powerful that is. So what is that for you within when you're looking some gratitude pieces that resonates with you as an individual? Yeah, gratitude's huge. And it's something that, again, I kind of started really getting like regular with back after that Tony Robbins event. And, you know, 
it's a, it's an interesting dichotomy because being grateful makes makes you appreciate what you have, but then also you're still always kind of pushing for more. And so it's mm-hmm. this kind of this interesting balancing act I find, but it gets you out of scarcity. And when you're in scarcity, that attracts more scarcity. You know, and that was a big thing for me mentally. So, so it's super important. And it's just like, for me, it's perspective. So a lot of times I'll think about like, oh, I got up and whatever I'm dealing with today, like there's people like think about like Afghanistan today or all these other parts of the world going through like way worse stuff than I am, Mm. you know? And so like perspective and gratitude, I find are like very intertwined. So there's, you know, just being grateful for what's around you, which I am like, I live in Scottsdale, Arizona, which again, I look outside. It's amazing out. We live, you know, close to a golf course. I get to see green every day and we have this nice condo and we have a lot of great friends and you know, my fiance is awesome. And like, there's all these things that I can like look to just on a daily basis. You know, even like I'm sitting here, I'm like, you know, I got a roof. I'm sitting in air conditioning. Like there's people living in freaking like India and Africa who like would kill for air conditioning, mm-hmm. you know, just so like, it's all around you. Even like, sometimes I'll be filling up my water bottle and be like, man, I got like cold, clean water today. Like that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. You know? So like, it can be really little things. Cause like a lot of this stuff, especially like in America you know, we take for granted because it becomes so regular and so just standardized, I guess. You know, I'll compare it to like other parts of the world at times or like other people. And, but then I also kind of think about like history too. And people complain about so much today. And I'm like, well, for 99.9% of human history, people didn't have plumbing, they didn't mm-hmm. have air conditioning, they didn't have cars, they didn't have grocery stores, grew their own food. So I'm like, all of these things, almost everything that we enjoy on a regular basis, internet, TV, electricity, like I go on and on, right? It's like, most like for the last 10,000 years, like nobody had that stuff. Mm. And I'm like, so we're like the average low middle class person these days probably has in a lot of ways, like a higher quality of life than like royalty a few hundred years ago, you know, when you think about it that way. And so, yeah, man, gratitude's huge because if like, when you're not grateful, you're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to be happy. And it's just going to be more and more and more. And obviously, like, we want to keep moving forward because progress is a huge part of fulfillment and happiness, but but progress while appreciating the progress along the way. Mm. So, yeah, gratitude is uh, it's huge, and it's something I, I think about all the time, but could probably do even more of. <laughs> no, and I think the one piece there, really, that progression piece, it's really looking at the journey and just watching the journey that you've been on because a lot of people focus on the end destination but the journey really is where that progression the growth the lessons the challenges pop up and that's what Mm -hmm. shapes you and so i think that's one thing when it comes to gratitude is being grateful for those things um but a lot of times people want to try to run away from the challenges and it's like that's just part of what's going to help you progress and shape and grow and get to where you're trying to go and whatnot so but uh, ultimately, Bradley, with everything that you're dropping here, with what you're bringing in, the work of entrepreneurs and the relationships are huge. Just stuff that a lot of people may overlook and just some assistance that they may need and whatnot. So I know you talked about the podcast 
And so if anybody was looking to connect with you and reach out and just speak to you, what are some different avenues that they have to be able to connect with you and just uh, build that um, relationship piece? Yeah. Uh, well, a really easy way is just through Instagram. I'm pretty active on there. So it's at Bradley underscore Roth on Instagram. I should be finishing up my website this week for the coaching stuff. So, so that's just BradleyRoth.com. And then, okay. then not most people, the podcast stuff, uh, there's not most people.net. And then it's on all the kind of standards to streaming services. We'll put those in the show notes and get that connected. And that way, if anybody's listening, they can go check out the uh, show notes, click on the links and whatnot. So we'll have those in there so they can uh, connect that way. So anything that resonated with you last minute, anything that kind of stuck out that you're like, okay, yeah, this is something just really maybe somebody needs um, anything of that nature for you. For me, it's always kind of comes back to kind of that. Not most people it's, you know, if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like no one else around you supports or you're not in the right environment, like you can change that. So like for us, so when we did the travel nursing and we came out from Connecticut to Arizona, moved across the country, we didn't know anyone out here. We've never been out here, but it was just such a fresh start that I was like, okay, who I was, you know, that's still me, but now it's like, I have a chance to really like rewrite the story and start fresh and, that's just one example of a way to kind of break your current pattern. Like if you feel stuck, you feel in a rut, you feel like every day is the same or going through the motions. You need to do something that's going to change that or shake that up. And it can be internal a lot of times, but if you're trying to change internally and you have this external environment, that's like pulling you back. It can be really difficult. That's such a huge hack that a lot of people don't think like, you know, people say, Oh, you know, aren't you scared? Like, do you know anyone out there? Like, Oh, my family and friends are here. I'm like, yes, or mine. So, you know, and not saying it wasn't scary at all, but sometimes you got to do those things. Sometimes you got to break away, especially if you feel like you're like that, not most people. And other people are holding you back. And you may have to cut ties with certain people or places or things and not necessarily in like a, Hey, man, I can't talk to you anymore away, but like, just kind of distance yourself, whatever that might look like. But that's it. It's, it's learning to break patterns and on a micro level, like your thought patterns, you start thinking negative. Okay. How do I break this? Put out music, meditate, go for a walk. Like, so that's part of kind of that self-awareness journey is figuring out your patterns and how to break them and redirect them. So on like kind of a macro level, whether it's moving across the country or joining a new group or something that's gonna bring you out of your comfort zone, you know, that's super important. And then on a micro level, figuring out who you are, what works for you, getting aware of your thought patterns and how to change that and fix that, that sort of thing. So I think those are just two kind of like real simple things that a lot of people, like almost anyone can implement. And that mm-hmm. environment piece is huge. So. Like for me, I don't work well with a lot of like external whatever. So like I work in my room by myself. I have my computers here and it's like, I notice if we travel or if we go somewhere or whatever, it's like, I get so much less done. And so that's why like, I do a lot to really control like this work environment that I'm in for like maximum like productivity. You know, and so mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's, it's 
yeah, shaping your environment. And I know that's, that's very difficult for some people, you know, uh, like we don't have kids yet that run around the house and that sort of thing. So that, that kind of helps in some ways, but, uh, but do what you can to kind of shape your environment or change your environment, break your patterns, and figure out what works for you. Hmm. No, I appreciate that. Uh, ultimately, somebody listening in just that's listening to this right now, do the deep dive, find out what that is for you. What do you need to do to shape and shake, change whatever it needs to be for you that's holding you back. Um, a lot of it is in your control. You just have to go in there and face it and not get scared, but face up and go. So other than that, before I sign off here, anybody that's listening to this, if you want to go check out Bradley's podcast, go check it out. Um, if Bradley resonates with you, go check out the podcast and give a give a rating, give a review, um, especially with iTunes. I think Apple Podcast is the only one that does the ratings and reviews. But if you have that ability, go give a rating and review because as content creators, that's what helps us out. That helps uh, with the growth of the community and reaching more individuals to get these messages out and really impact the lives of others. So. That'd be my last thing there. Um, but other than that, Legacy Ninjas, appreciate your guys' time. Enjoy the episode. And Patrick and I will catch you on the next episode. Appreciate it.